You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressandcrest.org. Well, I want to welcome you back to Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey. I hope you're having a great day, and I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas. And as you are looking to the new year of 2024, I pray that a wonderful new year awaits you, that you accomplish many of the goals that you are setting out to accomplish, and most of all, uh, that you grow closer to the Lord and closer to your friends and to your family. Today we are continuing this new series, Unsung Heroes, where we are looking at some of the people in the New Testament that we don't know that much about. Some of these people don't have a very good story, and some of them have a great story. In our first episode in this series, episode 96, we looked at the man named Diotrephes in the book of 3 John. Diotrephes is not someone that we would want to model our lives after, but he is, through his own way, a good teacher because he teaches us what we should not be. But today in episode 97, we're still going to be in the book of 3 John, but we're going to look at the antithesis of Diotrephes. We're going to look at the man named Gaius, who is the recipient of the book of 3 John, and he is the example of what we should be. In fact, everything that Diotrephes did wrong, Gaius did right. And so we're going to jump in right at the beginning of this book of 3 John as John addresses the book to the man named Gaius. And I begin reading in verse 1 in the book of 3 John. The elder to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. That is 3 John, verses 1 through 6. Well, who was Gaius? We know that John says he is a dear friend whom John loves in the truth. It's hard to know for sure who this Gaius is because Gaius was a very common name for men in the first century. In fact, the New Testament alone mentions four different men by the name of Gaius. 
In Acts chapter 19, verse 29, there was a Gaius of Macedonia who travels with Paul to Ephesus, gets caught in the riot, which is started by Demetrius, the silversmith. In the next chapter, Acts chapter 20, verse 4, there is a Gaius of Derby, who travels with Paul from Corinth to Troas. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and also Romans chapter 16, there is a Gaius mentioned who is a Gaius of Corinth. In fact, he is one of the few people who were baptized by Paul in Corinth, and he was the homeowner of the place where the church gathered in Corinth. So he was a very wealthy man. And then there's the Gaius of 3 John, here in verse 1 of the book of 3 John. We aren't sure which church is the recipient of the book of 3 John. If it was one of the other three men named Gaius, it could have been the Gaius of Corinth, since he opened his home to traveling preachers, uh, like the Gaius in Corinth who opened his home to the church. But this is purely speculation. In fact, I was on vacation several years ago, and We were in the pool and met someone who had family in Dallas, and they asked us if we knew their family member because they lived in the DFW Metroplex. And I looked at them like they were crazy. I mean, millions of people live in the DFW Metroplex. Just to assume that we can figure out which Gaius this is because there's at least three or four mentioned in the New Testament is highly speculative, but it could have been the Gaius of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and Romans chapter 16. What we do know is that John held great affection in his heart for this dear brother in Christ named Gaius. In fact, he calls him a dear friend four times in just 14 verses in the book of 3 John. And he says that he loves him in the truth. What does that mean? That John loves Gaius in the truth. If you think about it, how many people would you know at church if it weren't for Jesus? Christ is what unites all of us. Christ is what brings us together. We can have friendship with other people in the world, and that friendship can be very strong, but the bond of Christian fellowship should be even stronger. Christians should be willing to serve other Christians in ways that friends would not be willing to serve other friends, at least from a worldly standard. And so to this dear friend whom he loves in the truth, John says, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. John wants Gaius to have a physically and financially prosperous life, but he puts a condition on it, even as your soul is getting along well. Why does John say that? Well, he wants Gaius's health and wealth to progress consistently with his faith. Because our health and our wealth really don't matter if our faith isn't strong. A healthy person can lose their soul if they don't have a strong faith, and an unhealthy person physically can be secure in their soul if they put all of their trust in God. And the same is true for money. And so John tells Gaius, I want you to do well physically, I want you to do well financially, but most of all, I want you to do well spiritually. And when we think about John's evaluation of Gaius, 
he mentions two big things that Gaius was doing. He says, you are faithful to the truth. Again, as we talked about with Diotrephes, the book of 3 John is written somewhere between the years of A.D. 80 and A.D. 95, and in that time, the church is being infiltrated by Gnosticism, specifically a false teaching, which was very prevalent in the first century, that there was no way that Jesus was the Son of God, because there is no way that that a good God made of spirit would become evil by taking on flesh. Gaius lived in a time when this was a very prevalent teaching leading people astray. But Gaius was not affected by that teaching. He was committed to the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, the incarnation of Jesus, the divine nature of Jesus, and the design for his church. And John also says of Gaius that you continue to walk in the truth. Have you known people in your life who stand for what's right, but they walk in what's wrong? In other words, they may say the right things, but they say them in a hurtful way. Or they preach the right things, but they don't live them out. They feel like they do not apply to their own lives. It's one thing to teach it. It's another thing to live it. And Gaius did both. And we learn from the book of 3 John that much of his faith was proven through his hospitality to traveling preachers and for his love for the church there in his community. So as we look at the life of Gaius, we see two really big things. Number one, we must be faithful to the truth. Paul would tell the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Be steadfast. And Jesus would say in his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, John 17, 17, that the word of God is truth. We must be faithful to the truth. There has been a movement that has been affecting our culture and our society for many decades, a movement and ideology known as postmodernism an ideology that claims there is no such thing as absolute truth, that whatever you want to believe is fine. What is true for someone else may not be true for you. What is true for you may not be true for someone else. So everyone find their own truth, find their own path, and get along and go along. But that is not the message of Scripture. That is not the message of the gospel. There are some matters in life, spiritual matters of faith, that are non-negotiable. There is a right, there is a wrong, and when we begin to compromise the truth, everything falls apart. We must be faithful to the truth. Jesus is the truth. The Word of God is the truth. And secondly, we must walk in the truth. If Jesus, who claims to be the truth, is the way, and he's also the life, John chapter 14, verse 6, we pattern our lives after his. And Jesus tells us some things that are hard to hear, and Jesus expects some things of us that are hard to do. But if we are walking in the truth, we listen to his words, we abide by his expectations, and we make his life our life. 
As always, thank you for giving us some of your time today here at Road Talk as we open the Word of God together. I pray that you have a safe and happy new year and that 2024 will be the year that you grow closer to the Lord than you ever have before. I look forward to talking with you next time. Keep your eyes on heaven. God bless. And I will see you in 2024. Take care.